Welcome to the Alcohol Freedom Podcast, where we are bringing you a modern and judgment-free conversation about how we relate to our drinking habits. I'm Michelle Kapler, and you've got episode 22. Hi, friend. Thanks for being here with me. Today, we're going to talk about sex and drinking. And I'm going to keep it PG today, so nothing explicit. But if there are younger listeners with an earshot, just be aware that I'll be talking about sex. And that might be something that you'd prefer to listen to in private. So let's plunge in right away. No pun intended. Although I should probably give a content note on puns as well. If you like some good cringeworthy sexy puns, you're in the right place. And if not, you've been warned. I love talking about sex. I always have. Even before I was sexually active, I was deeply curious about relating to my body in that way, relating to my pleasure in that way. For as long as I can remember, I have always been a highly sexual person, whether I was with a partner or not. And sex wasn't something that I combined with alcohol right from the beginning. And I want to acknowledge that that may not be the case for everyone. I have many clients and friends who have always felt like they wanted to pair the two things. Or maybe it just happened that way unconsciously. But for me, somewhere along the way, it did end up that way for me too. I don't think it was a conscious choice. And it certainly wasn't a requirement that I needed to be drunk in order to have sex. And it could absolutely be related to the fact that I simply got into a place where I was drinking every night. And therefore, the majority of my sexual encounters happened to be during those times. There was also this dynamic in my marriage that I think may have contributed to the whole combination of alcohol and sex being together. I've been with my husband for 10 years now, and our relationship started off as one of prioritizing hedonism and pleasure. When we met, we had far fewer responsibilities in our lives, and I might also add we were much younger and our bodies were simply more resilient, but it was that relentless pursuit of maximizing pleasure that really bonded us in the beginning. Like, how much goodness can we pack into a date or weekend together? It wasn't just about cooking a gourmet meal together and enjoying it, but it was also about the wine and the indulgent dessert and not having just one orgasm, but as many as possible. We were so hot for each other. It was like a pleasure explosion every time we were together when we were dating. It was never just a camping trip. It was a camping trip with the best food and drink and the most adventurous sex we could possibly have. It was never just a night on the town. It was pleasure maximized at every single moment during that evening. There was zero constraint. It was all about how much pleasure could we pack into our time together all the time, every time we saw each other. And as you might guess, that dynamic just wasn't sustainable for all sorts of reasons. I think the big catalyst in all of it to kind of taking things in another direction was that I got pregnant with my daughter in our first year of marriage. And that particular event caused a shift into this different version of us as a couple where I was pregnant and we were both working full time and I was running a business and we were saving for a house and then buying a house. And it was just this time warp that seems to happen when you're in early childhood with your kids. And of course, this continued for doubly as long because I had my son a few years later. So while our desire for each other was still very much there, our priorities had simply shifted. 
We still made time for sex and pleasure and enjoying the things that brought so much deliciousness into our relationship, but it was just life and marriage. And for anybody who's been in a long-term committed relationship, you know that there are inevitably things that you have to work through when you have a life together. There are good times and bad times, and that's where the for better, for worse thing comes in. It's 50-50, right? There were the inevitable ups and downs that we individually experienced in life. And then there were some that we experienced together and it was all just mushed into the relationship. And so was the alcohol. The alcohol was simply interwoven into all of that for us and especially for me. And it was my well-worn habit that if I was ever experiencing anything tough or feeling anxious or uncomfortable, or I was going through a hard time, I would try to solve for that with alcohol, with drinking. So it all kind of mixed together. And I wouldn't say that there was any sort of causal relationship between anything or a single moment when things changed. It all just existed at the same time, which resulted in me having these thoughts that made it seem undesirable to have sex if I wasn't drinking. Because everything seemed easier if I was drinking and sex was no exception to this. So when I started thinking about living my life without alcohol, it was something that truly made me take pause, this concept of sober sex. And it might have been one of the big things that kept me from going down the path to an alcohol-free life a little bit longer than I would have liked. I thought, could I actually have sex without drinking? because it couldn't possibly be as pleasurable or hot or carefree without the wine. Alcohol made me loosen up and let my guard down and make me more open and comfortable, which is what you want when you're having sex, right? In my mind, drinking equaled pleasure, adventure, and being uninhibited, and not drinking equaled boring and complicated and uncomfortable. And it wasn't just the lack of pleasure that I imagined making less awesome. It was also having to face all of the other stuff, like how I felt about my postpartum body, like how I felt irritated by my husband sometimes, like how sometimes I didn't ask for what I wanted, both in the bedroom and out of the bedroom, like how my self-confidence and self-concept in my life outside the bedroom wasn't always reflected in how I saw myself sexually. The person I was in life didn't feel like it matched the person I was in the bedroom. I was always beating myself up for not being a good enough mother or a good enough businesswoman or healthy enough person or even somebody who could get a handle on her drinking habit. None of these trains of thought, these consistent inner dialogues were compatible with the hot, confident, uninhibited version of myself that I saw during sex. While I was so in my head, doubting myself all the time and all of the ways that I wasn't good enough. I just couldn't open up. I couldn't be fully present. I couldn't get into a space where I could just be with my husband in that way, or quite frankly, with myself. At least not without the wine. There was this disconnection and dissociation that needed to occur in order for me to be the person I saw myself as sexually. And the wine facilitated this so seamlessly. And for many years, I did not see a problem with that. As long as I was living up to my sexual reputation, and by that I mean my own reputation in my own head, there was no issue. Until I started to think about what it might be like to have life without alcohol. 
until I started contemplating the idea that that might be necessary in order for me to take things to the next level. Until I started to fully examine what it would actually mean to quit drinking, or at least not drink every night. And in hindsight, it actually feels a little icky and a little disturbing to me that it was the thought of showing up fully as myself in the bedroom that made me think that maybe an alcohol-free existence wasn't something I was up for. Because I would actually have to look at my body image issues. Because I would actually have to look at the way I was beating myself up and telling myself that I wasn't good enough in every other area of my life. Because I would actually have to deal with the hot mess inside of my own head. If I wanted to create a new version of myself that was a combination of the highly sexual, carefree, confident person that I was in the bedroom, and also the person that I was in the rest of my life. And just to acknowledge, despite having to unpack the internalized cultural misogyny that happens to anyone socialized as a woman, where we're told both explicitly and implicitly that our worth as human beings are derived from our ability to be sexually appealing to the opposite sex and also to have babies, my experience was actually relatively uncomplicated. I don't have sexual trauma or abuse as part of my story. I've never had to deal with stereotypes and racially influenced pressures that women of color do, especially Black women. But it was still complicated. So, how did all of it turn out, you might ask? Whenever I talk about living an alcohol-free life being a catalyst for making my life more amazing than I ever could have imagined it could be, my sex life is very much a part of this. I couldn't have imagined what it would look like or how it would turn out this way when I first started exploring this, though, just to say. But I can confidently say that my relationship to my sexual self is better now than it ever has been before, because I'm not showing up as this hazy, buzzed half version of myself, because I'm not numbing out every time, because I've had to look at all of the reasons why I couldn't imagine having sex without drinking. And I had to decide if those were good enough reasons to keep doing what I was doing. And spoiler alert, they weren't. When I thought about what was really going on, I asked myself, do I really want to drink every time I have sex because I want to keep hating my body? Do I want to drink every time I have sex because I want to tolerate not having things the way I wanted? Do I really want to drink every time I have sex because I want to avoid solving problems in my marriage, but I still want to be able to have sex even though we're uncomfortable? Do I really want it to be this way so I wouldn't have to face any of the other areas in my life where I was telling myself I wasn't good enough? I'm going to go ahead and say no to all those things. So I want to give you a little something that you can consider if you're resonating with this. If you are in the not uncommon position of feeling like you need to drink in order to have sex, I want you to contemplate a few things. You might want to stop the episode and come back later if you're multitasking. You might want to use each of these questions as a journal prompt, or you might just want to take pause between each question to think deeply about your answer. So here are a few questions for you. The first question, if you were to have sex without alcohol in your system, What do you imagine might get in the way of you enjoying yourself? The second question is, if you were to have sex without drinking, what feelings might come up for you? For me, it was always anxiety, which in my body is antithetical to sexual pleasure. Absolutely. 
And my third question is, what thoughts would you need to examine and possibly let go of in order to fully embrace and maybe even enjoy the experience of having sex without being under the influence of alcohol? For me, it was a whole lot of my body is ugly and I'm not good enough. And just to leave you with a little bit of inspiration for what's possible here. My sex life is better than I ever could have imagined now that I don't drink and because I don't drink. And this doesn't mean that we do it more often and it doesn't mean that I'm having a million orgasms all the time. Although I will say it's much easier to come when my nervous system is not dulled by the alcohol. And it also doesn't mean that I never feel emotional discomfort in this context, but it's honest and it's safe. It's a container in which I can fully show up as myself confidently. And there is a level of intimacy now, both with myself and with my husband, that doesn't come from fantasy scenes or hot screaming pleasure or any of those tactical things that are glorified in culture that are supposed to make an intimate and pleasurable sex experience. It really comes down to truly knowing myself because I'm willing to look at everything and experience whatever thoughts and emotions come from that examination. And this might just mean saying no sometimes. And it might mean asking for something new or to have something done differently or for some variety. The confidence comes from taking 100% responsibility for everything that I'm bringing to the table and fully owning the results that I get. What do you think about this? Have you ever wondered if you might need to get drunk in order to have good sex? It's more common than you'd think, especially for those of us who are socialized as women. Maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed and you aren't sure where to get started or how to navigate this. This is you. Let's talk. You're going to go to the show notes or my website and you're going to book your 60-minute free consultation call. We'll get on Zoom and you'll tell me all about you and what you're struggling with. And then I'll tell you about how I can help you and what it would look like to have me as your coach. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my friend.